Well, if Hulkamania is coming for me, then I'm kind of concerned if he's telling me to stay in school. Hello and welcome to Pet Food Beta Gamer Escapes Podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI, news, community, and more. I'm Vivi. I'm Maruku. And we're back with another fun-filled, exciting edition of Pet Food Beta. Ding! Sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> and we want to wish our friends on Aetherite Radio a happy five-year anniversary. Fusion X and the gang are recording that show right now, actually. Yeah, I'll stop to you guys. It's just, it's kind of incredible that it's been five years, so. This week, we had a version update and let's get into the news Mm -hmm. Uh, starting with the version update there are new missions which we'll touch on later they are really cool and really interesting i gotta say i'm really kind of happy with the degree of how fast they're coming out with content yeah yeah part of the new update is a new zone which is inner rakaznar court um, I don't know if you've had the pleasure of strolling through there yet. Um, I've done a skirmish in outer, and I'm assuming inner looks exactly like it. Uh, Only I'm, more purple. I, I'm assuming as well. I actually haven't been there yet myself. Um, oh, look at you pretend to know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> I am. Well, I do know what I'm talking about, but yeah, that is true. I'm just being transparent. Uh, you know what else is transparent? What? Really shallow ponds. <laughs> That was a really nice segue. Thank you. Uh, what Morocco is referring to are the new alter egos. Wait, no, I was referring to that doll. Oh. No, I was calling you shallow in a really sort of roundabout way, but okay. Oh. But what did you think I said? What? You said bonds. I assumed you meant like trust magic bonds. No, I said pawns. P. Oh. Like P. Yes. God, way to ruin a joke. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, there are new alter egos. So we have Mumor and Uka, who are the dancer people that we try to get our Yukatas from. Rainmard, who is a red mage. Uh, Exenmiel S, who's the tiny boy from the Sandorian missions in the past. Uh, Clara from Bastok, and Romamigo from Winder's Tess. Yes, uh, we have new, and they're, I believe they're all melee fighters. Right? Um, yes, looking at them. Rainmard does cast haste too, though. Okay. So, yeah, and he does end spells and stuff because he's red mage and very cool. And he's Curlia's father. Spoiler! Oh, they, whatever. They should have. Yeah. It's like six years old by now. Oh, shoot. It's been a while. I'm out of practice. This would be my excuse every episode. I'm just glad I was. I managed to write one down in the timing. You know, I don't, normally I, I don't do that and just have to go and listen to the whole thing like a couple of times to catch them. Yeah. Catch those galkos. Mm, throw them uh, back in the mines. Some other stuff that was added are new tutorial NPCs, which is for new players, you can talk to them and they will point you in the direction of other NPCs for quests that may be available. And I believe they've also added a cutscene. I haven't uh, created a new account to test this, but the opening cutscene that you get at the end of that, you get an, an additional cutscene that introduces you to these tutorial NPCs. Oh, nifty. Yeah, um, so that's that's really great. Uh, are there enough new players coming to, to warrant that? I 
don't know, but honestly, they're making it more accessible, and I'm kind of wondering if they're starting to sort of get their engines kind of rare and to go for some kind of collaboration subscription event thing, which I would love if they made it so you sub to one of their MMOs and you get a discounted price on the other, which yeah. would create an influx of players for this at least, so. Yeah. Who knows? Also added new records of eminence objectives. Uh, I don't know what those are. Do you know? Uh, oh, level cap increase. Oh, wow. That's going to get me a lot of points because um, those are all retroactive. There's inventory expansion ones, which are really cool, apparently. Uh, da, 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 da. Probably some new tier stuff for the combat stuff. I haven't looked at it yet. Um, combat for Abyssia regions, apparently. Yeah, that was That's... in the last update, I think. Wow. Well, I have no idea. Um, da, 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 da. Harvesting in Abyssia probably was there. Um, those seem new. Content for uh, there's a records evidence for Dynamis bosses. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah, that that must be new. Yeah, that looks brand new. Um, and yeah, so it looks like Dynamis and the uh, level cap increase and the inventory expansion quests and probably some other stuff that I'm missing. But that's just quick glance. Cool. Uh, Marg got Marg. <laughs> Godden? <laughs> what? Uh, no, that's just Mog. <laughs> no, I said I said Marg Godden. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Stay in school, say no to drugs. Unless they're really good. Yes, then um, do all of them. Mog Garden got a couple updates. Now you can use dung that you collect from your monsters that you rear. You can use that as fertilizer. Um, I used to use it to fill up my friend's uh, delivery boxes, which they appreciated, I'm sure. I did the same thing with shell bugs, and I would split them into many, 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 many stacks. <laughs> and then somewhere in those there would be a stack of red curry buns and they would forgive me. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things for Mog Gardens. Uh, the Green Thumb Moogle will also sell a few more items. I think some crafting items and some fertilizer or some worms or bait or I don't know, something semi-useful. Um, and it, there was a couple of updates to monster rearing, which um, I won't really get into. They were, they were pretty minor ones like food effects and stuff like that. Um, the re Entry to Moblin Maze Mongers has been reduced from uh, 24 hours to 20 hours. Oh my god, those extra four hours are going to break the game. Oh my god, well, there's you so know, many people doing this content. Well, no, you know, what, you know what that's for is people use Moblin Maze Monger a lot of the time to reset job abilities. Uh -huh. um, and so, like, if you have a regular event or whatever, you, there's no longer that, like, oh, we started late last time, so we have to wait another half hour this time. That's... Uh, that seems really strange and very specific. So if they did that for that reason alone, props to SE for listening to the very, very niche community. Let's go with that. Sure. Okay. Um, a new cutscene. It's, it's probably the same cutscene in all honesty. Uh, it could be. Yeah. Regardless, a, a cutscene has been added to introduce new players to the NPC that they're required to talk to to turn in their adventure coupon. You know what? I bet that NPC is the one that gives you the quests and stuff. That could make sense. Yeah. That would be a nice way to do it because I remember when I first started playing, um, they kind of just cut you loose and you're like, uh, what, what? Well, that was kind of the best part, too. It's like, here, put a helmet on, have fun, explore. Yeah. So, um... And then uh, new skirmishes. This is pretty cool. I haven't had a chance to do these yet. Have you? Nope. Um, From what I understand, though. Oh, look, there's a giant sort of train of gill sellers. Sorry, they're all tars and wearing really cool looking hats. That's, um, 
<laughs> Funny, yeah. Um, but uh, from what I understand, the skirmishes, there's five uh, simulcrium pieces that you can use uh, with various tiers of one, two, or three or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like the same sort of dealio as the last time. Yeah, so the, these are called alluvian skirmishes. Uh, notable drops are new 119 weapons, which actually mm-hmm. look pretty cool, like the models for them. They have a really high delay, though. Oh. Like, yeah. Like, one of the clubs, I think, has, like, 356 delay. Well, who's, like, who's meleeing it with clubs, anyway? Blue Mages, because it has I 183 know, base I damage. Know, I know, JK, LOL. No, but they actually do look really, really cool. Uh, and then, like other skirmish gear, you can augment them. And I don't know the specific details about that, but I do know that you have a little bit more fine-tuned control over them. Mm, I've heard that was a little bit random, or more random and stuff. Well, I know that because people haven't figured out stuff yet. I know that on playonline.com they said that you have a little bit more control over them. Oh no, you know what? I think I figured it out because I slow this morning apparently. Um, also, I kind of had a memory lapse and remembered. From what I remember or reading on, I think it was BG or something, uh, there's like five different types of upgrade items that you can get. And so one of them was like pet stuff, melee stats, mage stats, sort of like weird light armor stats and stuff. So like, uh, so the the numbers are the random part, but the type is not random. I believe so. Do not quote me on it. Although I guess you kind of are quoting me because it's a recorded show. So there allegedly, that's how it yes. works. Um, and yeah, so the as far as the, the, the battle content goes uh, the way, from what I understand is that it's a combination of sort of exploration uh, fighting normal mobs and then there's zone boss type things. Yep. A lot of people are comparing it to Nizel Isle and say it is really, really fun. So Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. Yes. Um, uh, oh, and the, the special items, that you, the entry items you get from doing other skirmishes I got. So I did some outer Rakaznar skirmish um, the other day and got what I thought was weapons because it was like um, some banana, banana blade or something like that. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, the drops of weapons now? They're like, no, those are the entry items for Alluvian Skirmish. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the um, the weapons that drop from uh, Alluvian Skirmishes around also, so they seem to be at least kind of regular or common drops, which makes sense because I think that's the only kind of thing that they drop. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. yeah. I don't think there's any new gear. Okay, well, I tried. <laughs> to sound <laughs> informative, and clearly I'm not. <laughs> uh, other adjustments include some job adjustments. Warrior, Rune Fencer, Paladin, and Ninja get the HP boost trait. Yeah, it's pretty significant too from what I understand like ninja got like I think an extra 200 HP or something yeah I'm standing here in my damage take reduced damage taken set in on rune fencer uh, sub red mage and I've got uh, 2334 HP as a taru so oh, nice before you compare that with like what it was before the uh, the all jo- or all all, uh, all races you know tweak that they made a few updates back and it was like I think uh, oh, like 1500 or so right yeah maybe 1600 yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Dark Knight got a significant reduction in casting absorb spells. Um, used to be two seconds. Now absorb spells will take half a second before any you know, fast cast buffs or anything. Huh. Do they still get the animation delay? I don't know. Probably. So they're still worthless. Let's cast for the battle. Uh, well, I mean, you, you can kind of compare it to like, even if there's a delay between casting multiple spells, it's like casting flash, you know, which is like relatively instant. Yeah. Um, I was about to say you could probably cast them in between your rotations, but whoops, wrong game. 
Thief uh, mug timer has been reduced from 15 to 5 minutes. I guess that's cool if you're mugging enemies. Um, Yay! I think that mug is a proc in Dynamis, though, isn't it? I Yeah, it's an ability proc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, it's useful for that. Um, yes. Uh, Dragoon's uh, Wyvern's attributes are all boosted across the board. I haven't heard anyone say anything about this, and I don't really play Dragoon. Um, so yeah, that would be Fusion's department, but you know. He doesn't play Dragoon either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I take that back. He plays Dracoon, but doesn't have a Wyvern. He doesn't have the game active, so. I was implying he plays Dragoon in another I game. I get that. <laughs> I'm poking fun at him for playing the other game. Um, Blue Mage physical magic has been boosted and is also now affected by food, songs, and rolls. This is really it's, cool. It's really cool. Have you messed with it at all? Uh, no, I've been mostly on Rune Fencer or when my Link Shell demands it, um, Summoner. I wish my Link Shell would demand me to be on Summoner. That would be amazing. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty significant boost. Um, by significant, I mean like it's visibly noticeable. So uh, like I think. I think, uh, what was it? I did like a quad on some stuff outside with food and then without food. And it was like a good 250 points different, maybe 300, which is still pretty nice when you think about how many spells you're casting over the course of a longer fight. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to messing around on Blue Mage. Yeah. Uh, Puppet Master Automaton weapon skills have been boosted. There should be a little asterisk by that and it should be the Automaton's useless weapon and skills have been boosted. Right. So and Also, there was a... Did you see one of the known issues when they initially rolled out the update? Yes, I did. <laughs> what, what was it? It was, a, was it limited there to was, a particular battlefield? Yeah, there was one battlefield in COP. I think it was the Mammoths. It might have been something else. Um, where like, the automaton might damage you. Just might. <laughs> so, so awesome. You, like, it might be fine, but it might also kill you. So, so watch good. out if Little Mushroom has like a weird glint in her eyes because she's out to get you. Uh, I believe that was resolved in like the mandatory uh, emergency maintenance. Yeah. Um, side note, while we're talking about little things that were kind of messed up, did you hear about what happened with white mages? No. Okay, so um, for with this, we'll get into this later, but they added some new job point stuff and so they added um, one that affects the base amount of all cure spells for white mage, which was actually kind of cool. Oh, and, I did hear about this, yes. Right, and so what ended up happening is they ended up messing up Kira and Kiraga so when you had a flit of solace up, it would give cure skin, and it was kind of amazing. Stone skin? Yes. Well, I call it cure skin, but because oh, it's well, yeah, because it's a short lasting. Yeah, but uh, so it would give uh the cure skin effect to all uh people because they're AOE spells, and it was kind of amazing. And I really hope that they go back and kind of just make it so that is normal because that would be so nice. That would be one of those things that would be really cool. Like if you completely max out a job point category. Oh yeah, no, I think that like if it is it like a flit of solace effect? Is that what it's called? Or is yeah. it yeah, like if they make er, no, I'm wondering what the job point specifically is called. Is it Oh I don't know. Yeah, it's solace. So it increases the potency of cure while under the effect of solace by like two base for everything they have in it. But if they made it so it's augment a flit of solace where it's like expanded effects of flit of solace to 
to Kira or or just like even just Kiraga, that would be great. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Geomancer spells, uh, Indie Fury, Indie Barrier, Indie Wilt, and the Geo equivalents of that have all been boosted in terms of potency. They're apparently quite potent now. That's cool. I'll have to try that. It's rare that I use any of those actually. On yeah, because those were the D. Those were the boost spells, I think, right? Because Barrier's Defense, Wilt is something else, and Fury was Attack, right? Yep. Yeah. But uh, there's actually a really significant boost. I'll get the link for you so you can cruise over that while you're talking. Later. Cool. So, yes. And there are two more job point categories available. I did a quick skim of the list of them. I didn't see anything that was like really interesting that jumped out at me. The White Mage ones, obviously, because I just talked about those. Um, there was a cool one, I think, for Red Mage, because it's uh, just it gives you a magic attack bonus. And so since... Uh, That's good. Yeah, so by the end of it, you'll get an extra plus 30. And then um, there was... Um, I think one for Black Mage was just like magic accuracy. And... Yeah, nothing like super, um, super duper. Uh, Blue Mage gets one where you can increase the chance to learn Blue Magic, which right now might not be that big of a deal, but they said there's more Blue Mage spells coming on the way from higher oh, level no. monsters. Oh no, they had actually said that they're getting rid of that because so many people started complaining about it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, so they're going to put something else there, and I'm assuming it's probably going to be like Monster Affinity or something. So oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, this one is nice. Yeah. Um, Trust Magic is now a separate action category, so it's no longer just lumped into your spells list. Yeah, that was really nice. Oh, sorry. Uh, one more thing with the job points. Uh, Samurai's got like meditate effect. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you get an extra 50 TP if you max that out. Anyway. Uh, As yeah, if but Samurai needs to be boosted even more right now. I, I, apparently they do. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yes, the trust magic menu is quite nice. And there's also a new animation that goes along with summoning trust. So. Yeah, so it doesn't look like you're summoning like a pet anymore. Yes. Um, there is a new Delve Katana, similar mm-hmm. to the Wild's Keeper Eve one. Yes. Um, and from what my ninja friend says, it's quite nice. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it had, I think it was some tanking stats or something on it. Oh, cool. Because I think yeah. the JSE one has enmity down on it. So it's good that yeah. they've got, got the option. This one's awesome. Warp Ring has been added with unlimited charges. And you get that with conqu- conquest points. And along the similar lines... The warp cudgel charge time has been reduced from uh, 30 to 10 seconds, and uh, the one-hour limit on reusing a warp cudgel has been removed entirely. Yes. So you can. So there's two good things about this. So your war, your warp ring, you can just keep on you at all times, and you'll never um, be without a warp. And then if you need, if you're like doing missions, doing a lot of running around and stuff, you need to warp frequently, and you're not black mage or sub black mage, you can grab a cudgel, and it's perfect for that type of scenario. You see, for me, like. The first thing I did when I logged in was I went and got the warp ring, but I also don't see why people would keep buying cudgels because at what point will you ever need to warp more than once every 10 minutes? Um, I will tell you when it is when you farm the key item for the new BC and then you try it and then you die and you have to go to the other side of the zone to get it again and then you want to warp out and warp back to the the entrance point. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But again, that should still take you more than 10 minutes. I mean, get up, take a walk around, Go see the sun, take a multivitamin. No, no. 
Um, and then I think this is part of the login campaign, the Morble Shield. Yes. Uh, which looks funny. Yes. Do you know what the effect does? That's uh, defense one. No, the effect because there was another one. Oh, there's a pl- the plus one? No, I don't know what the plus one is. Oh, okay. Do you? I guess, no, I guess nobody would because it hasn't been, was like eight days, ten days for us to get a thousand points? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, and then the biggest uh, system update is equipment sets. Xbox users and maybe the remaining PlayStation users are rejoicing. All three of them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, way equipment set, sets works is initially they've they set it to where you can have up to 20 sets. They've talked about ex- expanding that potentially. Uh, and then you use an interface that looks almost exactly the same as your just equipment interface. And then you can save that as a set. And then you can call them with macros with a single line. Oh, so this is kind of interesting. You didn't see that? No, but like, um, so apparently, like, I'm running around right now. Um, in town, and so I am able to make equipment mac- equipment sets from like while getting like the data from my safe, my storage, and my locker. Yeah, because I think your down. your equipment is is loaded, even though you can't see it necessarily. Or, yeah, which is makes a lot more sense as to why they said it would be sort of stressful on the servers if they made inventory spaces. Right. So that makes a lot more sense now. Um, cool. And so the way that you call this with a macro is like, uh, for example, in your first set um, if you want to just change to whatever that is you can just type uh, or you can make a macro that just says slash equipment set space one and the number is sort of like what if you macro changing macro books yeah um it's kind of the same deal so this is awesome yeah um calling it now i'm assuming that there will probably be a maximum of 255 of the equipment sets because old systems and stuff but uh because i mean like just i don't see how they thought 20 would be enough i don't think that the thought 20 would be enough um because i mean like for white mage alone i have at least 20 yeah and here here's kind of what i think where i think they were coming from it's like with the current interface since it resembles the macro books i'm assuming it was like copy paste to create that interface not saying it was copy paste to create the system i'm sure that's a a significant amount of work but the interface is similar so they probably you know copy pasted that and then um with 20 that's at least enough for your whatever your main job is and for most people it's probably going to be enough for like your three most main jobs yeah. you've got your you know like your damage taken set your tp weapon skill idle you know yeah what i think is actually kind of cool though um is that they have a little button where it's uh says use current gear yeah that's awesome Wh- yeah which is really nice because um the fight club does not have that in any sort of capacity where you can just sort of copy paste whatever it is that you're wearing right now um so it does yeah. does it yeah but it's clunky and actually not as convenient as the one the legit one. Oh, yeah. So good on you, Izzy, for showing up the, uh, you know, neck beards with fedoras. So good job. <laughs> you're just assuming. Duh. Um, well, maybe rightfully so. Uh, speaking of Fight Club uh, and another reason not to need it, um, Pet TP can now legitimately be displayed within the user interface. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's way cool. Uh, although MP isn't, right? Uh, or automatons? Yeah, no, it's not. I think you still have to echo well, it out if you want to well, say I it. Well, I think, um, can you see the MP for like your NPC? Like with the earring? Uh, I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I think it just because it's there. Mine just it's, whines and says, I'm out of magic. And he's, meanwhile, he's been casting haste on himself, you know. Yeah. Like, I have 
every other melee red mage. But uh, yeah, um, I think that what's it called? Oh no, I'm trying to think. That's it. Okay. Um, so the uh, pet bars, I'm pretty sure, like they're just all sort of universal. It's just it's the same kind of thing. Because otherwise, if they want to show MP, they'd have to put another bar there or something. And it just right. it's the code is so old. Because I mean, you think about it. Beastmaster was in since uh, I guess vanilla eleven, lack of a better term. So well, it was in Xylar. No, Beastmaster was not an expansion job. Anyway, anyway, the, the last couple of updates here is that now you can set different music for the title screen, which I didn't care about in the slightest until I set it on random, and now I love it when I log in and it's a different tune. It's so nice. Because uh, I should, I set it to like the shuffle command, yeah. And so I log in today. I'm like, oh, da, 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 I'm feeling kind of poopy, whatever. And it's like, oh my god, it's the COP theme nostalgia. Yeah, it's a nice I just little, wish, yeah, nice I just wish that the uh, the background images changed more though. That's the one thing because it's always like, oh hey, Kustenberg. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the last thing is that they added uh, new auto-translate phrases, two of which include, and I love these, please use a weak weapon to attack, and I'm not ready. Which are legit important things to have. Like, yeah, like, if you've it, ever partied with people who don't speak the same language, and you're doing something like trying to learn a blue magic spell, or you're teaming up for Abyssia content or something, and um, you you actually need to... Be, there, there wasn't a good way to communicate with auto-translate. Please use a weak weapon to attack. Yeah. Um, and I'm not ready is also nice because before you would have to like do ready and an X. Yeah, like X or, or O or slash no and then put a space before it, you know. Yeah. So those are nice additions because uh, just I'm going to do a quick see all, see how many people are logged on to Quetzalcoatl. But right now there's 705. Um, I guess it's late in Japan now, but uh, you have 1017. Yeah, or, like earlier in the day. I know of like on average during NA prime time, my server kind of hangs around 650 700 wow. but during you know on the weekends like a little bit earlier like maybe a couple hours ago it, there'd be like 1200 people on and you know half of them are probably japanese cool so it's still um uh, any way to improve communication is is nice mm-hmm. and then that takes us into dev tracker gems um okay so we've got some wings the guys host mission quests namely for atomos that are going to come out eventually and, and i'm going to interrupt you right there. These are these are coming from freshly picked Van Deal. Uh, there's, oh. there's another uh, episode that was posted recently. Yeah. And okay. the and Atmos is actually scheduled for next month. Oh, really? Did they uh, show the model or anything yet? Or? I didn't watch the video. I, I just skipped around on the video because they don't have English subtitles. So yeah, um, I might go back and, and look at that to see if they they actually show a video of it. Yeah. It just sort of reminds me of when they finally revealed Odin and Alexander. And people like freaked out. Yeah. Was that the same? Yeah, I think that was actually the same update that they had, uh, or the same sort of event thing where they had showed um, the level cap increase. And I think about it, because Odin and Alex were, oh my god, it was freaking amazing. I was on a Skype call with Saren. I can probably find the recording somewhere. But, uh, not Saren, wow. Uh, Fusion. Saren's a totally different friend of mine. Atomos. <laughs> Unnamed content. Um, very interesting. Geared towards higher level players that you can challenge with 6 to 18 players. I'm wondering if this is going to be the new Adeline endgame since the storyline seems to be winding down. Maybe. Or it could be the next Void Watch. Let's hope uh, not. I hope it's not Void Watch. I hope it's more like, uh, not like, um, Abyssy 
Mafia 2.0, but I'd like to see something along the lines of like Ground Kings and Time Spawn 2.0 and stuff. Because we were promised a while ago or worms that sort of were like along the CUP elemental line because you've got darkness, you've got fire, and you've got ice, but no, you know, uh, light worm yet or water worm. So oh, there's a light one, sort of. Well, I shush, and I know that, and you know that, but spoilers stuff, but uh. Because they haven't really released that many uh, cool dragon things out in the world, and I'm kind of itching for another fight in pseudo like a Ixion, because that was my favorite fight yeah. back in the day. So, um, so I think that's really kind of cool if they're putting in some new content that would be open world stuff and not instance. Maybe it's some sort of full active time event. <sighs> <laughs> I said that purely just to get a reaction out of you. No, I know. And now you have plenty of so- sound bites of me sighing in disdain. Several reasons, but <laughs> anyway. Anyway, this is kind of exciting. A uh, high tier version of Walk of Echoes will be geared towards players who have procured equipment with item levels. The monsters will be more powerful, but in exchange, you'll be able to obtain equipment with item levels as reward. I did not see this coming. I have a feeling that's going to be tied into the way that we're going to upgrade our Empyrean gear. That would make sense. Yep. And bless their hearts if that's true, and it's we don't have to go back to Abyssia for it. I kind of hope that it's like that, or, uh, or that they would have sort of pseudo-Abyssia stuff in Walk of Echoes. Because, I mean, the zone is so great, and it could have been so much more. Well, so. a little-known fact, well, yeah. it's, it's, it's not really a fact, it's an opinion, technically. But I think by the time that they had tweaked Walk of Echoes to actually be really fun. Yeah. Nobody was doing it anymore. Oh no, nobody was at all. Like I love, like I, when Walk of Echoes was just fun enough that you could do it with like, a couple of summoners and like a group of like maybe like a party of like decent people. That was great. Yeah. But the drops still just sucked. They needed like a point system or something to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm actually very much looking forward to that. I, I like Walk of Echoes because now that they've reduced the you know re-entry timers and stuff like that to something reasonable um it is definitely the kind of thing that you can pick up and do with a bunch of people you don't you can form parties but you don't have to type of thing you know know what i would really like with walk of echoes um i would like a home yes and i would like a home point to be there so i can just teleport directly there um, because it's very far away stuff you know what you can do Mm. is you could grab a ashow teleport ring and enter from the other flux if you've completed the storyline i never really thought about that but still even then like it just it would be nice if there was be like a flux that kind of appeared in a place that would be kind of dark and dank and purpley that would be easily accessible by like Um, a waypoint maybe them adding an additional home point is something that's not such a far-fetched idea (laughs) yeah no i know but i'm just again poking fun at you for what's happening in a few what what are you i'm talking about your meta discussion that you're going to end up talking about okay yes but um the rhyming threw me off i rhymed there mm-hmm. oh oh I'm, I, I, I'm a poet and i did not know it so the, the last couple of items from dev tracker this this is interesting sub link shell system 
um, they are looking into a system that will allow you to simultaneously equip multiple link shells. Additionally, they are looking into more features to foster development of the community. Like the link shell beta site that's still in beta or not in beta anymore because they got rid of it and stopped updating it. So, um, you know. Well, so uh, the idea of equipping multiple link shells is... It's going to cause so much drama and be amazing. I, I would really like it. Some people might argue it's too late for this, um, but I would argue that I have a social link shell that I would love to be have equipped more, but I don't because of my main link shell. Yeah. Because that's the one that does events and stuff. Um, and so the ability to have them both equipped would be really, really much welcomed by me. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. That would be really cool. But I just think it's a little bit funny when, uh, you know, because for the five teenagers that are still playing this game, because everybody else kind of grew up, when they end up sort of talking in this sort of social shell about, oh my god, everybody in this other shell is a complete idiot, and then they end up mistyping. Oh, yeah. That will be amazing. <laughs> that will be fun. Yes. Uh, and then with monster rearing, the dev team is going to be making it possible to raise new types of monsters. But one question, I've got one question for you. I have heard nothing about monstrosity in months. Uh, what do you think's up with that? Did they just abandon it? No, they had been adding, um, I don't know if they, it's new stuff, but for the, uh, whatever it is, the, um, login campaigns, you can buy stuff, apparently, that you can grow in your garden to get monstrosity things Yeah, but it's all old stuff. Is it all old? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, I think it's just because, like, uh, for monstrosity, like, there's so much stuff there, because you've got, you know, however many families you've got, and however many monsters you've got to, like, level up the level cap. I think it's just like, hey, here's a giant thing of content that resembles not going to finish that sentence but here you go like what else could they do to it like i mean well, like there's open there's like open world pvp that they could do that's what I they think, could do uncapped yeah. like that, that's that's the thing that's missing right now from monstrosity in my, in my opinion there, well there's two things um they need an uncapped zone so that like you can and and to open it up to more areas so like you could be walking around this level 99 behemoth and place where level 99 players would actually be i'm not saying like open up all of adeline because that will just be annoying um but somewhere that's that's reasonable um and then the other thing that i think people are actually requesting being more vocal about is like it's it's not fun to fight adventurers against monsters they need to add monsters versus monsters yeah <laughs> um and um just the fact that you can get sparks with it is enough of a reason to, to do it but um I don't know. I don't know. I think that if they made it so you could get some kind of reward or something out of it, that'd be cool. Like, not yeah. like super strong, like top tier gear, like it's like 119 or anything, but like maybe something that's like, I don't know, like 118 or 116. Yeah. Or something that's just sort of, you know, it's nice and it's got like, it's sort of niche uses where it might have, um, or, or screw that, just add, you know, more costume type gear. Or, and, and you could, so. or you could walk around in, in a, a, a Kalu suit. Just saying. Oh my god, I want that. See? See? No, I mean, imagine a Galka in a freaking Apkalu onesie. See? Oh my god. Anyway, uh, so meta discussion. Foil hat is now on. The foil hat is now on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this, this is, I guess, less meta discussion and more wild, like really wild. Do you want me to give you an intro for it, or uh, huh? do you want me to give you an intro for it, or should I just let you go crazy? Sure. sure. Okay. 
So, Vivi, Vivi, yes. Vivi, yes. you have been playing 14, from what I gather, recently, and you've caught up on various missions and stuff, and from what you've been telling me, you've had a couple of uh, thoughts, because there are certain things that remind you of other things in other games across various platforms. Proceed. Yes. So, I mean, it, uh, for full disclosure, I'm not like anti-14. We, we've said this before, and I, I've uh, played it. You know, took took a extended break from it. Got back into it a little bit more with the 2.3 patch. Um, but you know, I, I'm still obviously still playing 11. But here's something that interested me quite a bit. So, uh, and this is a little brief spoiler for 14. If you uh, play that or plan on playing it, the Crystal Tower storyline in, in 14. When you complete it, some events happen that introduce some boss characters from Final Fantasy 3. Uh, no surprise, because Crystal Tower is from Final Fantasy 3. What's interesting is they really make reference to interdimensional travel, and some of the mob families show up that have previously appeared in other Final Fantasy titles. Um, and this is also referenced in the limited time events that they had with Shantoto, who appeared in Final Fantasy 14, and Lightning from 13. We'll touch back on that in a little bit. So I was, I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. So then I'm playing the missions in 11. And I'm like, oh, huh, this is getting interesting too. Um, so so Raka's Nar has potential otherworldly connections. I'm not saying necessarily 14, but I'm not excluding it either. Uh, so I'll, I'll state I'll state my flimsy case here. Flimsy like whiskey. Mm. Um, it had been like 20 minutes I had to. Okay. Uh, so Raka's Nar does not look like anything else in Vanadil. Uh, at first glance, it sort of looks like Walk of Echoes, I guess the purplish dark color. Yeah, that's what I was going for. But the architecture resembles nothing else. So in Rakaznar, you've got very angular uh, structures, you know, very square, blocky, with like intricate patterns and stuff like that. Does not look like any of the Xylart stuff either, which is much more curvy. I was pausing for you to make an inappropriate joke, but... Oh no, no, I, I try not to do multiple jokes over a minute because I find that if they come too quickly, nobody has fun. <laughs> was that supposed to be a joke? Yeah. <laughs> you see, if I tell you, that ruins it. <laughs> uh. Okay, so anyway, so here, here's one of the things that kind of got me going on this wild conspiracy theory. Um, the the doll hands that first show up uh, in 11 show up in Rakoznar. Doll hands have also appeared in Final Fantasy 3 in the Crystal Tower. Mm -hmm. um, they appear in 6, they appear in 9 in the tower <laughs> that takes you to the Crystal World. Um, they appear in 12, I'm led to believe I actually haven't played 12 far enough to encounter them um and then they also appear in 14 i think they're also in 10 but begone they, they yeah they very well could appear in other games too yeah uh, those are just, just the main ones yeah the multiples of three Ooh, actually i didn't notice that until right now wow three, three six, six nine, nine nine and twelve, 12. yeah huh. anyway um it's we know that square enix does love their numbers they um, do so in final fantasy 3 and 14 the place leading up to the crystal tower is called the ancient's maze or the labyrinth of the ancient in Final Fantasy XI, Outer Rakaznar is referred to as the Ancient Serpentine Labyrinth. Okay, loose, flimsy connection. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but I'll try not to get into plot details. This is just character references. So skip ahead a little bit if you don't want any plot details on XI spoiled. 
So in this last update, a new character was introduced who is revealed to be a henchman to Hades, who is whose name is Balamor, which I googled and couldn't find anything about. And first appears by possessing an Adolin citizen, much like Asians appear, and takes on a gesture. It's sort of you, you said it doesn't really look like a cataray, and I kind of agree with you. Um, but it sort of loosely resembles one, uh, and has like a undead type appearance. Um, and I found out even though it looks female, it's apparently male. Uh, he talks like an entertainer, referring to things like curtain call, stage left, the show, etc. Very similar, very similar to um, Amon, who appears in three and fourteen, and Kefka in six. This is where things start to get really interesting. Uh, and when he disappears in the first cutscene where you see him, you actually hear Kafka's laugh. Like, not a laugh that sounds similar, but like the ripped soundbite from the original Final Fantasy VI game is played. Now, I was talking to Fusion X about this before the show, and he like immediately started Googling the cutscene, and of course, the cutscene that's up on YouTube doesn't have it, but I promise you, multiple people in my link shall verify that I all heard the same thing. So, I thought that was really interesting and not I had already sort of been thinking that there might be some sort of connection I did not anticipate anything to do with Six or Kefka so that got me thinking a little more uh, you know uh-huh. putting the tinfoil hat on tighter I'm sorry I'm blinded by the light reflecting off of it so <laughs> um, please continue to fill my ear eyes okay so uh, speaking of Kefka Kefka as we know uh, was Emperor Gestal's court mage and the first prototype Magitech knight um, this is interesting because what is the new zone in Final Fantasy XI? Inneraska's Narcor. Right. And now we have the Jester, right? And um, in the most recent Final Fantasy XIV patch, there's a character who's part of the Garlean Empire that uses Magitech that gets sucked into the Void, aka World of Darkness. And so Rakaznar um, has all of these high-tech things that look very different from anything else in Vanadil. Is it possible what's powering them is maybe just throwing it out there tinfoil hat and everything magitech i don't know maybe the uh, the last little like wild notion that i have here is and i'm already anticipating a, a bunch of like me either mean comments or like comments correcting all of these theories <laughs> um uh, and bring it on I, I i would love to get to well, the bottom like, of i love the participation that like this is going to make hopefully so we'll see yeah. so um so the last piece that i have here is that hades is a returning character which we know um probably most famous as a summon, but um, a reminder that Hades also first appears in the left court of the Sealed Temple in Final Fantasy V. Sealed Temple, right? Rakaznar is supposed to have been a sealed place to contain Hades. Interesting parallel there. In Final Fantasy IX, Hades is an optional boss in Memoria, which is the tower, again, use of the tower, uh, created by people's memories and leads to the crystal world. And so we've got Hades appearing in 11 which 11 really hasn't used recurring characters very much uh, uh, kind of has but they're never really sort of big bosses with the exception of um the 
Treasures of Ottergon storyline. Right. And, and even, yeah. And obviously, avatars are in just about avatars, Edelons, however you say that, primals. But they're called a lot of different things. But, you know, like the Titans and uh, Leviathans, Garuda, uh, Ifrit, those have been in like pretty much every Final Fantasy game ever. Right. Um, so that's no surprise. That's like, that's like Chocobos and Moogles, right? Right. Um, so there's no, there's nothing shocking about that. But Hades being revealed as like a main villain is really fascinating um, because Hades has also appeared in other games and uh, the Kafka's laugh thing really threw me for a loop and really set my uh, my antennas going. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's what? Where is this story gonna end up? So here's here's my my wild speculation, and I could be wrong about all of this, and Square Enix could just be trolling with like or and or just doing a little like fan service recognition by throwing in that soundbite but uh if they're not i'm thinking that rakaznar is going to be revealed as a place from another dimension that ties in storylines from the other games past and present and future maybe i don't know what do you think about all of this okay so i think part of it has some merit i'm going to give you a tiny bit of credit because i don't have the attention span to sort of put all the strings together so bravo to you (laughs) um i think that like there are parts of like the main story um, in Eleven that they borrow from other Final Fantasies. Like if you look at um, it's begun Otter- with a stone, obviously. But I mean, like uh, look at um, Treasures of Ottergon, all right? Um, between the sort of conflict between Odin and Alexander, it's very similar to when uh, Bahamut in Nine goes and tries to destroy um, Castle Town, which I don't remember what it's called right now. Right, uh, right. And then Alexander, and then Alexander a- manifests himself, or is is the city, or whatever. Right. And so the sort of same kind of conflict is similar between um, Odin and Alex in this game. And they borrow elements from so many different Final Fantasies that it becomes, you know, its own sort of thing in this game, if that makes sense. Like, it just borrows tiny bits of it, which I really sort of give a lot of credit for because it could have been just so easy to copy-paste, like, same idea, but in a sort of giant MMO kind of mindset. Set. And I think that pertaining to this specifically with Razkaznar and stuff, I do think that since, like, you know, multiple dimensions have been confirmed uh, through Walk of Echoes and stuff, and um, Abyssia, and, yeah. and, and Abyssia, and how there's alternate timelines, what I do think is like, and this is one of the reasons why I kind of had mentioned Walk of Echoes initially, is so. I'm kind of of the cynical belief that at the end of this, Odin's going to pop out and be like, hey, my fault again. (laughs) Because it just sort of seems like, you know, because I mean, you've got two, like you've got the Avatar of Darkness and then you've got Hades, who's there and stuff. And like, from what I understand, we've had mentions of Siren also in the storyline and the lore of Adeline too. Where? I don't recall that. I'm pretty sure. Like, Siren was brought up a couple of times. On the show? Not on the show, but like in like the storyline of Adeline, hang on. My logic is that like 
uh, please correct me if I am wrong because I'm trying to Google like because I just Googled Siren Seekers Battle and it's like oh hey Siren Server but yeah Siren I'm, Server Siren's Tear Siren's Hair right anyway I'm like I would say 40% sure which is better than zero but still I'm 40% sure that I had heard something or read something in like the game text talking about Siren to some extent okay anyway um, what I'm sort of kind of getting at is this is like if Hades is sort of this manifestation of like the darkness and the hell in Adeline, then obviously there's some degree of light that's fighting him, and there is a worm dragon thing that is very clearly light-based and stuff, and the new weapons that we just got from the skirmish have, like, very sort of light elements to it, like sun, uh, like, uh, lots of, like, sort of celestial sun shapes and stuff on them. Um, but regarding, like, the sort of area dimensions with Raz- uh, Rikaznar and stuff, is like, it sort of looks as though it crashed in to the um, sort of uh, place uh, Kamir Drifts. Mm, yeah, I was thinking that too. Right. So there's a couple of options. One, it could be remnants of an explosion of something that happened. So we could have kind of like a meltdown sort of thingy that we had in the uh, old Xylart areas and stuff for that whole storyline when the meltdown happened. We could have aliens that crash into the planet. Doubtful. Although that would be one explanation for how there's, you know, kind of a very sort of layered, very detailed, open-spaced pyramid kind of dealio sort of going downwards. With Genova at the center, right? Right. (laughs) We could have... Just Just kidding about that part. Yeah. Or we could have, you know, Atomos just kind of playing, hey, so I ate up this other world and I kind of got indigestion from sort of messing with all of these other timelines, so I'm just going to kind of vomit this thing here. That would be hilarious. Right. Like, so what, like, my main thing as to why I don't think it's necessarily a different dimension is because it's physically present in this world, and so I don't think until we get into, like, the inner, inner sort of, you know, like, no-touchy zone, like, third date area of Razkaznar or whatever the hell it's called that we're going to be able to figure out whether or not it is kind of have like a giant sort of dark portal at the center because uh you know you figure it's like the big what was it the ancient serpentine labyrinth right right okay like they had mentioned um like Yggdrasil is in like the world tree is in this uh thing right mm-hmm. okay so Norse mythology I'm terrible at this um there was a serpent that wrapped around its roots uh which was a uh, Jormagand and he was the world serpent or something and Jormie's already in the game but it could just be a naming convention because there's the tree which could represent you know sort of like the earth dealio thingy and then the serpentine which represents the hell so that means that there's something that represents heaven also or whatever the equivalent of heaven in 11 might be which would just be a home point crystal but (laughs) (laughs) although when you think about it like since there is a crystal and we all are born from the stone or whatever that could be really interesting too am I making sense at all um as much sense as I was, I think. Okay, but pretty much my logic is this. There's probably something that is at the center, i.e. Hades, likely Odin, because, you know, wizards did it. And I think that it comes to an extent as, like, to where Hades is, 
sort of in the kind of um, hierarchy of deities. Because you've got, you know, you've got Altana and Pramadi, who are gods. And then you've got the terrestrial avatars, which were beasts that were made into gods. So you've got like Fenner, uh, Carby, Phoenix, Bahamut, Diablos, whatever. And then you've got the Celestials, which were sort of just based off the elements and stuff that are also sort of pseudo-deities. Including Odin and Alexander, who are arguably the quote-unquote most powerful of those things. I mean, you even see like their broken statues in the Hall of the Gods when you look at it, and it's kind of funny. Um, really? I Alex, never noticed that. Oh yeah, there are two statues. There are six, or there are eight statues on each side, and then Promathia and uh, Altana, right? Two of the statues on opposite sides are broken, and if you sort of figure out like the counting of stuff, like they all sort of oppose each other in the correct way, and they would go in the days if you counted them in the right way, and they're right next to each other ish. I think it's been a while since I've been there, but they're two broken statues, and so it's just sort of one little thingy that I had figured out ages ago. Huh, okay. But uh, then again, I pay super attention to like lore detail, and I was like twelve or something, or twelve? How old was I? I don't know. Like, Fifteen or sixteen, like when I first got to Sky. So there you go. That's where my mind was. But yeah, so I'm thinking like the powers that be or something. Like I don't know if Hades is technically because it would almost mean like is Hades an avatar? Because that's sort of like a loose term that we would have to sort of do. And if he's an avatar, why would he have that would sort of mirror Odin? Because you know Odin would sort of roam around and he would have Odin's gestures, which would be imps. Right. Which right? haven't appeared in Adolin. At all. And so what I'm wondering is if hey, maybe Hades is actually just Odin under a different name. That could be um, it, it also could be that Hades made a pact with Odin, which would be really disappointing. Eh? Well, I wonder, because, like, you know that image that you, the image of, uh, what's his name? The weird creature thingy, the gesture, what's it called? Uh, Balamor? Balamor. Like, cause, hey, let me look at him, because if he has this face markings, then I'm just calling shenanigans. Give me a sec. Uh, no, he doesn't. But, like, he's got detached limbs. Like, it's a, it's a really, I mean, it, it's, he kind of looks like more like Harley Quinn than anything else. Yeah, and actually says something like references Monty Python, and then says why so serious at one point, and like yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I, I, I just I'm still of the no, wait, wait, wait. I got it. Maybe because of all the pop culture references, uh, uh, Baltimore is manifestation manifestation of a bunch of uh, pop culture, and Hades is actually Elf. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, and you know what? That would make sense for this case. From another, right, it's from yeah. another planet, and he eats cats. I think we just figured it out. It's perfect. <laughs> it would be so funny. You get to the, the Hades fight at the end of this, and he goes, Hey, Kate, where's the cat? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's perfect in so many ways. <laughs> and cats make sense. Mithras, you know. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, no. So I'm thinking, like, because it just, for me, due to their track record and the rule of three and stuff, I'm thinking that it's not going to, it's not going to delve too far away from um, their sort of existing lore pattern with their deities and stuff. And I, it just, it doesn't make sense to me that they would introduce an entirely new deity figure in the form of Hades because they had mentioned, I think, um, that there would be a new avatar with this expansion because uh, it just, it was one of the Q and A's that came up like ages ago and stuff. 
which was, I think, probably where I ended up hearing Siren or something from. But because um, if it is Hades, it would make sense that the other opposite would be Siren, because that's the most light opposite thing that could potentially fight it. So, I or, don't know. Or if it doesn't fit into any of that, it could be that it is from some somewhere else, not Vanadil. Maybe, but it's just, it's, it's so strange if that's like the main plot point. Um, it probably isn't. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, because like, Ottergon was sort of similar to that. COP was all in-house. For, uh, was it all in-house? Yeah, COP was all in-house, with the exception of the Shikari sisters, which we later found out like seven years after that they were actually the... Um, Naga sisters. Um, so I don't know. Like, there's lots of stuff that it could be, but stuff. What yeah. if it turns out, and we can end this uh, here, what if it turns out you mentioned that it looked like it crashed into the earth? Yeah. What if it turns out that that was a moon? Just just kidding. Just kidding. Mm, actually, no. I will say that um, when I first saw like the ruins, I was like, oh, that kind of looks a little allegheny. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yep. So, well, we will see. Probably, yes. Uh, if you guys have theories, please send them to us. Yeah. At, are, are you going to plug, or am I going to plug? Go for it. Okay. Uh, if you guys have theories, please send them to us in an email or a tweet at uh, petfoodbeta at gamerescape.com. Yes. And uh, disproving any of this would be awesome, or tossing other information into the fire uh, to build a larger tinfoil hat would be great. Yes. Um, it would be kind of fun to keep an ongoing record of, of this stuff see if we're right at the end of uh seekers of adelin yeah you know what we should do and we should probably check with fusion before we do this we should do some sort of thing where uh we just take predictions from everybody that listens to this and we sort of keep track of them and whoever ends up getting the closest prediction to what is actually going on should get like some kind of prize i like that idea i bet fusion would be down for that too yeah um so keep your eyes on the lookout for that because that would be kind of cool yeah and uh I don't know what like our prize could technically be, but I'm sure that like we would love to have you on the show if you were right, because then you could say that I was wrong, which three people have done in my life. So <laughs> you get that pleasure. That might just be the prize in itself. You get to talk down to me for an hour. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good prize. Yeah, it'd be an amazing prize. I wish I could win it. Although the view from this high horse is so nice. Uh, all right, so that takes us into in game. What have you been doing in game? I had food poisoning. And yeah. so through a couple of days of dysentery and losing ten and a half pounds, I logged in very, very astutely to get the five hundred points I would need to get the Uka Trust and Yeah. And oh I did uh salvage once or twice I think too. Congrats on your level ninety nine brown mage. Thank you. Um how about you? I have been playing another game a lot uh, until the update. And when the update hit, um, I started doing the missions. I'm stuck on Baltimore at the moment, um, which is surprisingly uh, difficult. Uh, not only because of the fact you need to keep the NPC alive, which normally is the most challenging part, but because also sometimes I'm the one whose HP reaches zero before the NPC. So um, now here's a question: Are you doing it solo in a party or with trusts? Well, I at the first couple of times I tried it, I tried it solo with trusts <laughs> did not go well uh, i tried a couple of different strategies but the, the trusts are simply not powerful enough to survive 
when I'm just by myself. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, Baltimore starts off, and, like, the way that, I mean, we can, I, this is really isn't a spoiler, because it's strategy. Um, so, this fight is, Baltimore's there with three Dullahans, and the hate works kind of weird in this. Like, when I first tried it, I tried flashing the... Were you on Paladin or Rune Fencer? Rune Fencer. Okay. I tried flashing the Dullahans, and I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get hate on me. They all went for Arcelia, or however you say her name. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a spoiler. What? The NPC that's in the fight with you. Well, come on. <laughs> She's in all of the fights. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> now, if I said, like, Kupipi is in the fight, not as a trust NPC, now that would be... A very strange spoiler. Yes, but that, yes. that's not the case. Okay. Um, so, they all they all went for her. That attempt didn't go well. The second attempt, I decided to go right for Balamore. And what's interesting about that is one of the Dullahans goes right for the NPC. The other two just follow whoever um, Balamore has hate on. Um, so, that was almost like they were puppets in him. Um <sighs> Uh, <laughs> You're just not gonna. This is gonna be your sort of gag, where like you know, butt jokes for me, talking about Kefka and gestures for you for like the next six months. I can already tell. Yep. Um, yeah. So that 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 attempt worked a little bit better in that. Um, the NPC seems to be able to survive if only one of the ads is on. Uh-huh. But then what happened is the just the, the physical attacks from the ads and the it's got a really strong like potent bio effect that just wiped the trust NPCs like um, instantly almost like they couldn't even get a cure spell off and they were all gone. Uh-huh. I didn't last very much longer after that. Oh, I would assume not. But what I'm probably going to do is try and just get a party together like of actual people. Now what I would say, give it a shot with try um your paladin because you've got the ochan right i don't have ochan i have uh aegis close enough same thing um i would say try it with your paladin because just survivability probably well here's the thing is from the magic it seems like that that would be kind of you'd also get a good amount of physical if the ads are hitting you that hard well here here's the thing about paladin and uh and aegis is um when you're going up against level 119 enemies or these are probably higher level than that they're probably like I love or uh, level one twenty five, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not because that that's like high end delve. So maybe they're like one nineteen. But at any rate, um, the Aegis's block rate severely drops, and it's not going to protect me from physical attacks. It'll reduce magic damage, but oh, that's right. I forgot about that. On Rune Fencer, I probably have a better chance of surviving because the parry rate at six hundred, you know, skill or that's whatever. That's right. Yeah, um, I completely forgot that they did that to the shields. Yeah. So. So I think I've I've heard that it can be duoed um, with like a white mage and a monk. Of course it's a white mage and a monk. Why wouldn't it be a white mage and a monk? Because that's been the freaking duo combination since freaking Abyssia. Good God, I hate monks. <laughs> so I'm going to try doing, you know, what the game is kind of designed for and actually finding other people to try and do this fight with. Yeah, that, that, that would probably, like, I'm betting probably a party of six will just dominate it. I think so, yeah. I mean, a properly formed party of six, you know, um, DD, tank, support, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, yeah. that's in-game. Um, and that takes us into emails. So we have two emails. We have two. This one is from G. Scott, and he says, Hey guys, I've just returned to Final Fantasy XI after seven years left during Treasures of Otter Gone, and I'm wondering if the add-on content is worth playing from a story standpoint. I'm assuming he is talking about expansions and not the three add-ons. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, if so, can it be solo to completion? I doubt I am going to find many people to run through so many of these quest missions. Uh, I also recently just discovered, discovered this show, and, I'm, and I really enjoy 
enjoy your work. Please keep it up. Hey, well, first of all, welcome to the PFA family and stuff. We try not to MPSB? scare people. Oh, that's wow. There we go. Our PFB. That food yeah. family. Yeah. Okay. PFF. PF Changs. Neither of us are Changs. And we won't steal your credit card information with PF Changs. What? I'm not the topic for another show. Okay. <laughs> the after the show statement where I get to find this out. Because anyway, um, but yeah. So first, welcome. Secondly, um, I think yeah, I know. Uh, so I had responded to I think you before we had realized that we were gonna do a uh, show because I lapsed and forgot that there was an update the week after uh, the response, but. I would say most definitely go ahead and do all of the expansion stuff for stories because they don't really tie into one another uh, too much, but there is enough information in like Joshua's Vatagon that sort of tells a lot about what happens at the end of Wings of the Goddess. And we have yet to see if anything from Wings of the Goddess, cough my theory of Odin, has anything to do with this one. And the expansion story er, and the uh, scenario add-ons like Abyssia has a really cool twist on the COP storyline. And then the three offshoot add-ons have really fun stories involving Moogles and stuff that originally happened in the opening cutscene of the game. And uh, Shantoto, because she's just apparently like the developer's demigod or something. But uh, no, I would say it's most definitely worth it for the story. And some of the rewards are still pretty useful, like the um, Wings of the Goddess earring and the Treasures of Ottergon ring. And the COP rings are still used. And I think a couple of the scenario add-ons are still used, and same thing with all of the Abyssia gear for uh, certain job abilities and stuff. Do it solo. You could probably do everything up until some of the Abyssia stuff solo, um, and even most of that you could probably do solo, but it, just because sometimes, like, uh, well, I guess to do the story, you don't really need to proc anything. Well, I said that quickly. You do need to get, if you're going to make a pop for the zone bosses, you yeah. do need to proc red, so it would be easy. You could certainly duo everything thing in Abyssia. Yeah, or just get really, really lucky. Or get really lucky, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, so, great question. Uh, the other email is from... Climax? Chimax. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Climax. <laughs> from the Phoenix server. Um, I guess you could... No, no, that one didn't make sense in my head. Continue. And they say, I just want to let you guys know that, that I, and I'm sure many others in the community, really appreciate the fact that you've revived the show and continue to provide us with all of the biscuits we've come to love for so many years. Um, we love doing the show. Uh, and yeah, it's, no, VV is a dream of a co-host. Because... What? Continue. I was going to say he's a dream of a co-host because he's able to put up with my shenanigans and it kind of forces me to get up on Saturday mornings because we have a set time and we start right away. It's awesome. So, yay. Or 18 minutes late, like today, but yeah, that was actually my fault today. Actually, no, it's Daisy's fault. Uh, well, no, it was my fault because I was playing the game and <laughs> just blame it on your dog because she has a crap. <laughs> it was only number one, but um, still crap. Uh, anyway, Chimax uh, yeah. uh, says, I have a couple of questions for you. My first question is about Twitch TV. The Gamerscape Twitch is an account that's rarely used. Have you you guys ever thought of live streaming from time to time as you're playing? There are a few 11 streams on Twitch now that get some decent viewer counts. It would be awesome to have you guys stream a random skirmish or delve run for the viewers. It's just one more way to interact with the community. It's actually funny 
that you asked this because today I was talking to Fusion X and he also brought up the idea of doing a pet food beta uh, stream at some point. I didn't even mention this to Moroku uh, before the show, so. Oh, well, yay, cool. <laughs> First time hearing of it. Uh, yeah, so he was very busy with, um, F- Fusion was very busy setting stuff up for um, the five year, right? The five year, and then he's also going, what is it, Game Con? Axe? What are those? Axe Pro. Uh, Seattle? Is he flying Seattle? Yeah. So, yeah, Pax Prime. So he's he's busy with a lot of stuff, but he did mention um, that he would like to, to do some live stream stuff with uh, Pet Food Beta, so please look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. What would we do? Because we're on different servers. That's the thing I'm wondering. I don't know. Um, I could transfer. <laughs> I do nothing on my server. It would be a detriment to you. Uh, so, yeah. But like, you can transfer oh, back no. in three days now, so... Oh, no, you know what we could do? You could make a mule on a Sura, <laughs> and we could level up, like, 1 to 99. God, that would be funny. Have you seen those videos? I think I mentioned this on the show. Um, Ruru makes YouTube videos. No. Called, um, I forget what it's called, but it, it's it's two guys from um, England who make some really funny, like, Final Fantasy fourteen videos, and it, uh, one day they decided, let's go back and start a new character on Final Fantasy eleven and make a video, and it is hilarious. <laughs> Areas. Okay, Ruru, just R U R U, R O U R O U, and like it shows them trying just very simple things like trying to find each other when they after they start in the same city, and of course you know you can get different cutscenes when you start with a new character. Yeah. So they got started on different sides of the city, and like just, <laughs> just finding each other was like a 10-15 minute adventure. <laughs> it's like their and their commentary is really really funny. Like they're out. I, love- I found it. I can't wait to watch it after oh, this. It oh my god. Wait, there's like seven videos of these. It's yes. a series. Oh, yeah. oh my god. I have something to watch when I poop now. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Um, well, because they're like they're like five, six minutes a piece, so it's like the perfect time when you need to escape and go away and not be bothered by people. Gamer escape. Uh, I guess that has a new meaning for you. Exactly. Um, I think just one of my favorite little moments from it is they're out like fighting or something and then, you know, you keep in mind that they're coming from 14 where you don't have to heal like you just if you're not engaged in combat you just regen and refresh um so they're they're out in the field like healing and the one guy's like why 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 do we have to pray all the time i don't get it and and the other guy's like well you can't just go around just find it like aimlessly slaying monsters you have to pray for forgiveness <laughs> so good so enjoy that uh, i'll link to it in the show notes too because it's awesome amazing. um the next question was which notorious monster over the years have given you guys the most grief? Uh, you were just never able to claim the drop or drop on. Um, I'll give you mine as an example. I've used every Beastman seal I've ever had over 10 years for the K Club BC, and of course, no clubs in sight. Well, I know my answer to this. Do you want to go? Because mine goes into a rant. I don't want to overshadow you initially um, or make it hard to live up to. Mine is maybe not so um, exciting and relatively short answer. So, yes, Tunga is. <laughs> the one that has given me the most grief and I think we mentioned this on the show at one point they quietly fixed like like this year they fixed an issue where Tonga would cast occasionally have no delay when casting spells that's only part of the reason that he's given me so, such grief so like if you've never fought Tonga who is a little Chigo NM in Abyssia who casts break break uh, stone 
own spells, has a in, in petrify and in poison effect. No, not in petrify, in poison effect. Who is legitimately before I, item level gear was legitimately difficult to fight because of the, the petrify stuff back. You know, back before item level stuff. That's only part of it. The other part is that it's required to beat him and get the key item in order to pop the zone boss. So if you're making an Empyrean weapon and you need to fight, it's a pop pottle or however you say that. Um, it's popular. If we always made him a Swede in our shell because the Aztec name was too hilarious, so we decided to make him a Swede. That is like um, yes. So if you're doing an Empyrean that requires that, you've got to fight Tonga at least. Uh, what is it? 45 times because you need 70 of the item or something like that. Something like that. Um, or 90 of the item. I don't remember. You have to fight him a lot, assuming you even get the, the key item. And that's only part of the reason why he's given us so much grief. The other thing is that's he's not a popped NM. He's a, a timed spawn. So there's competition, at least probably not so much anymore, but back then there was competition with other groups trying to claim him. And in order to claim him, you have to run through like a sea of Abyssia Chigas. <laughs> So it's just everything about that, from the fight to the amount of times you gotta fight him to getting the claim to, like, uh, it uh, just gets me, like, agitated thinking about it. Cool. Okay, um, so mine has a little bit of backstory to it. So back in, I think it was, yeah, it was released in, uh, so back in uh, Days of Rise of Xylart and stuff, Summoner was, you know, it was a fairly okay job. There wasn't really any gear for it, like, at all, period. There was the Relic gear, and then the AF, and then one beautiful, wonderful, sensual piece of gear called the Ying Yang called the Ying Yang Robe. And so, for the young and summoners that are uh, listening to this, this robe uh, had one tick refresh, and it had um, the Blood Pact Delay minus five on it, and Avatar Enmity plus five. And so pretty much godly at the time. It, exactly. It was the perfect summoner item back then, because, you know, there was nothing else really to do, and none of the sort of, like, the only other thing that was out there was Relic Gear, and the only refresh body available to summoner aside from that one rope was either Dalmatica, which was nay impossible to get because it was a exorbitantly expensive and B came off of Nidog and I think Aspid, right? Yeah, those two. And, and it was expensive because of the cursed item, right? Yeah, it was extraordinarily expensive because of the cursed item because it took like siren's hair and stuff and it was just it was a nightmare to sort of get. So the King Yang robe became one of those items that was so sought after if you were serious for the job. Now, to give you an idea of how terrible this NM is to spawn, it spawns once every 21 and a half to 24 hours in a 10-minute window or so. And within that 10-minute window, it spawns in Romave, an area where it's a ton of arcane sort of mobs that will aggro sound and magic. Now, bear in mind, this mob pops up invisible, and he only shows up on wide scan, and you can't actually target him. So to aggro him, and to find him, to fight him, you have to aggro him by casting magic. I and actually did not know this. Oh yeah, you had, you had to aggro him by casting magic around him, so he'll aggro you and come uninvisible. And I don't believe he aggroes sound either. He might aggro sound, I remember. But um, you had to either do that, or you had to link with another weapon. And 
So because of this, it was, you know, obviously a nightmare to go and try to get, because if you were a mage that was out there on, say, a summoner, if that was, like, your career main job and you didn't have anything else, you're running around with a carbuncle out, casting magic, training a ton of mobs in a zone, trying to get this one mob to aggro you, and then when, oh, hey, you finally have, you know, the one mob that sort of you need, you're probably dead because you've got tons of stuff on you. So it required a lot of help from people. And so it became a very big sort of link shell thing to try to go and camp for their summoners because summoners became really good during Kieran fights back in the day because of uh, just they're able to sort of uh, do um what's it the Diablo's move the uh, the throwy ball thingy Nether Blast Nether Blast yeah and so because of that because it was like the only sort of ranged blood pack attack that could sort of happen and it just they did consistent damage without hate so link shells that were sort of hardcore H&M shells would try to gear up their summoners to make it to appease them essentially because there was no other reason that they could that, that they really need to go on summoner so well, what ends up happening for me is I am in high school I think maybe 16 or 17 maybe 18 and I get my summoner to cap and I'm like I want a yin yang rope because my summoner yada 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 whatever so we try to go camping and so for maybe a month and a half I try to get the TOD and stuff so I finally get a good idea on the TOD and out of the times that I was there for the camp at TOD, I got claim maybe three times, four times total for like 30 days. Oh. And that's with, yeah, and so that's with me camping in a zone with maybe, I would say, a hundred plus other people. Wow. Including of which there might be like a full alliance from like one or two big H&M shells that are there that are all trying to get the same thing. And what normally ends up happening is that once those big H&M shells get their stuff and they get the exact DOD, they're able to just keep getting claim over and over and over again. Or they might end up holding the NM so that way it sort of forces the NM into a more reasonable time zone and stuff and it just, it became a nightmare. Because the thing is, is that if it if it's not claimed within those like 10 minutes that it's up, then the timer resets and it respawns randomly. So like, mind-boggling that that's how this game used to work. Well, no, like the thing is, is that I think it's really charming in the way that that happens, because like now, like I mean, be getting my Yinga group is one of my best sort of memories ever. But, um, oh, spoiler alert, I got it. But, uh, so what ends up happening is, spoiler alert. Yeah, and so to give you like the biggest sort of grief that I've gotten from this, it was kind of the day that I overdosed on caffeine. And uh, here's what happened. So I, like the time window for this was maybe, I think it was like, it was kind of spot like four o'clock in the morning. And so I, you know, didn't really stay up that late because I had school like normally at like seven o'clock the next day and stuff. But this was like, it was like a holiday weekend or something. And like, it just had a feeling like this was going to be the night. So it was me and like two of my best friends in the game and stuff, maybe three. And uh, we had uh, like, so I had downed like two giant ice coffee and then I had a Red Bull to sort of stay awake and stuff. And so I had stayed awake throughout the night and I was just like fishing moat carp and stuff up for my Lujangs and whatever. So we get to Romave. So it's the three of us and we've got like a ninja subway mage and they're like black or whatever trying to find it and stuff. And so it's up. And so we're seemingly like the only people in the zone. And then out of nowhere, like 15 people from a shelf show up. And so we get it and we're fighting it. And like we almost die twice. And what ends up happening is we we had to have uh, our tank Midge, and then he had re-raise on, he got back up, and then he tanked it while he was weakened and stuff, still getting, like, you know, aggro and stuff from every which way. It just it was a giant chaotic mess, and it didn't drop. <laughs> and so, 
what ends up happening is I think it's like two or three days later, um, a friend of mine who was in the other H&M shell or whatever tips me off that, hey, uh, the uh, only other person that doesn't need it isn't going to be on. So if you could claim, I'll come and give you guys like TH4, TH5, whatever was the highest level. I think it was TH4. And so get him in the party. Of course, it doesn't drop. So then last time, what happens is uh, we end up going out there with like maybe six people or so. And so you know, it was us against this big, huge H&M shell. We finally get it. And so our ragtag groups got like, you know, mobs sleeping, like people are dying everywhere. And it just, it, it dies and it drops. And I make people's ears bleed on vent. <laughs> and I still owe people cookies for this, but it dropped. And I finally got it after like a month and a half of camping and almost dying from caffeine and just bad stuff. But you know, a Shikigami weapon can suck my and I don't care if you have to bleep that out. And so what I do now is anytime I'm in Romave is I will go to the area. I will see if Shigami weapon is up. I will kill it and I will post the TOD on any forum that I see. <laughs> Just out of habit. Because I think I had gotten, because yeah, I had gotten my robe. I think like, actually, no, you know what? I can check my auction house screen check the exact date because that's what I did. I posted the TOD on every forum that I had so nobody else could really sort of get it. Because we had competition then. And then the next day there were like 300, 400 people in Romave. It was great. Crazy. That's like half of yeah. my server now. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a long rant. Jesus, I'm sorry. So the, la the last thing that he says, this, remember, we're still in the email section. Uh, the last thing that he says uh, is, and in case anyone was wondering, the server merge between Phoenix and Titan still results in chat wars all over the server about which was better all of the time. It's calmed down a lot, but yes, they still happen. While uh, Also, Daisy rocks. Um, Daisy does rock. And uh, so, of course, I have another story. It, 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 like most of what I say is in jest. Most of it. But the thing about Rulu. In God. jest? In, most of it is in jest. Oh my god. <laughs> You're just going to add the dramatic chipmunk music anytime you make one of those sort of connections. No, I'm going to add the new music, uh, Balamor's theme, which is like creepy carnival theme. Oh, so it's like freaking uh, the music box theme from uh, Arapagarif? No, it's more oh. creepy carnival than that. More creepy than that? God, that music gives me chills every time I hear it. Ugh. Well, it's not as creepy, but it's like more carnival sounding. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, interested to hear your thoughts when you actually get to these cutscenes. I have uh, kept them largely spoiler-free in terms of like main plot goes, but yeah, but, uh, those are really really cool. If you haven't done the uh, the Adeline missions, what are you waiting for? Um, I don't know. Um, I think that about does it. Any plugs? Plugs. Yes. Uh, we already mentioned, but we'll mention it again. You can tweet at us at PetFoodBeta. You can email us at PetFoodBeta at GamerEscape.com. And you can participate in the FFXIAH.com Microsoft Paint Challenge every week. Just look for the fan art section in the forums. Uh, this week's theme is When You Wish Upon a Star Onion. <laughs> oh, I love the Star Onion Brigade, by the way. Just um, the SOB squad. So uh, the uh, the theme is to to draw a um, um, if there was a Vanadil theme park like a Final Fantasy XI theme park inside of Vanadil, what draw what ride you would want to see there? And like the entries so far have been pretty hilarious. Like, uh, does the male Mithra count as a ride? Mm, 
Somebody's already gone there with gulk and sausage. Gotcha. Um, there is, yeah, there's another one that's like uh, leeching in Abyssia. <laughs> and it just shows like two people standing there like, we've been doing this for eight hours. Is that all there is to this? And they're like, yeah. Like, are there any better rides here? And the other person's like, lol, no. <laughs> And like what, what's really funny about that to me is like if you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World or something like that, like waiting in line is like what you do most of. Well, as somebody that actually has a Disneyland pass and stuff, it's kind of the best part though because the people watching is so great. But yeah, uh, one last thing. Uh, keep an eye out for our eventual contest involving predicting the end of the expansion and how we'll keep track of that. And we're going to look at the legalities and things of how we have to do that because I'm sure that there's something that we need to do to not get sued by people. So, yes. But yeah, so keep an eye out on uh, Gamerscape.com for that. Yeah. And we will catch you next time on Pet Food Beta. Bye!